Hey guys, thanks for tuning in and welcome back to the Talk and Shed podcast. Mm -hmm. Today it's Cody and I. Yep. And uh, you don't hear the big diesel engine in the background on this one. No. We're no. in the we are in the recording studio. Mm -hmm. You call it. Yep. Um, a, a place where we have no cell phone reception. So if we miss you, sorry. Yeah. We will call you back. Yep. It's a double-edged sword. It allows us to get the podcast done, but uh, yeah, we have zero reception. It's inside of a steel building and you know how that goes. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, today is uh, December 4th. So mm -hmm. we made it through the Thanksgiving holiday, working our way uh, into uh, Christmas, you know, and yeah, I'm I'm trying to remember the last podcast that we did was the last was one we did with Jeff Worley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we were, were down in Columbus and called him and mm -hmm. yep. We yeah, were. talk strip till and stuff. Yeah, that was a good one. Mm -hmm. But it's been a while. Yes. We're overdue, yes, and uh, for sure, we owe the listeners uh, some some media. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, for us, you know, it it just got wet enough. You know, yeah. the fall. You know, just like we had kind of hoped, mm -hmm. it, it did drag on. It stayed dry, uh, the ground, that is, not necessarily the corn. Right. Uh, high moisture well, corn all fall. <laughs> it, yeah, I was going to say the, the corn the corn stayed wet. Yes. Um, not not too many drying days out That there. was the story. The story was need more bin space and waiting on dryers and waiting in line Yeah, at the elevator. Mm -hmm. That was pretty much the tune of the fall. I had I had a bunch of guys complaining that all of these elevators were like changing their times as far as when they would accept corn and stuff yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. Like it was just so sporadic. Closing early mm -hmm. and yeah, oh, yeah, I know. It 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 makes it hard. Um, you know, if you don't have the storage to uh to get that stuff done in a timely mm -hmm. fashion. I mean, this fall really I'm sure found the weak spots in everyone's storage and logistics mm -hmm. of yeah, their grain sure. no doubt because there was a lot of it mm -hmm. and it was wet yeah so you know having a lot of it's great and if if it's dry you just haul it right in but if you have a lot of it and it's wet you've got to you know either take the dock or or dry it down you've yourself got a, you've got a good propane bill then too exactly so yeah mm -hmm. so that's what's been going on here. We were able to demo a lot this fall. Hopefully mm -hmm. you were able to tune in to our YouTube channel and kind of follow along. We did a ton of 5200 and VRT demos. Yeah, it, it seemed like that's all we ever got done doing. Uh, you know, about every every week, somebody was hauling a VRT somewhere to go get it demoed yep. to someone. So yep. we had a lot of success doing it. And, uh, oh, the retention had, rate. Not not only had a lot of success, but a lot of fun. I mean, the the yeah the amount of fun that I have just playing in the dirt. It, it's like I'm a I'm a kid back in a sandbox again. You know. So. Yeah. Well, it it uh, you learn so much. Yeah. You know. For sure. You talk for ten months out of the year about this stuff and what it can do, mm -hmm. and then you take it out to the field and and get to learn new things about what it can yeah. do. You get refreshed on what it can do and. Uh, and it's really fun to just walk through those steps with the customer. You know, you're you're walking step for step with him, and he calls in just knowing that he needs a change in his program, mm -hmm. and he's leaning on you to supply that change. Yep. And uh, so now you have to use the tool to add value and 
and make sure it works. So mm-hmm. it's fun to see all that come full circle mm-hmm. and, and then to hear the customer maybe a year later say, man, you wouldn't believe how good them beans were behind that thing. And mm-hmm. It's like, that's, that's what I like to hear. Like knowing that a, a farmer is, is combining his beans or corn and, and he's watching the yield monitor and he starts to point at a product that you sold him mm-hmm. or you helped him with, man, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. For sure. He's like, man, you wouldn't believe it. But after I put those innkeepers on that, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I had a guy this year, he said, you know, between knives and injectors, when you sold me that parallel linkage J&M versus my old injector bar, I ran them side by side. You wouldn't believe the yield difference. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, you know, that's cool. Yeah. So Yeah, it's cool that, you know, they're willing to give you that data back too. Yeah. I mean, granted, it's, it it's only in that specific set area and you know moisture could have been good but being able to have that comparison and have guys you know get back a hold of you and tell you that information is pretty neat yeah um, you know i kind of had something similar to that aspect uh we built a uh, i think you put it on the email blast there a couple times um we built an interseeder bar for a guy to intercede beans with it had a henniker cedar on it bunch of row units and it had don uh yeah don row units on it and uh he he claimed that he had the best beans he ever had this year after we he like interceded it into the wheat so yeah it it was kind of a funky deal to where he was like relay yeah he did basically relay cropping but he waited to plant his bean it was almost like double crop beans but it was like before double crop beans Hmm. so he was like able to plant them in like june wow Mm mm-hmm it's interesting, probably right, right before it turned. Yep. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, it was interesting for sure. But, yeah, that that's kind of what's going on in my world. I mean, well, it's, it's amazing how, um, you know, harvest can really slow down uh, us in general, you know. When, and, it, and it did. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. You know, just as far as like, like a lot of guys were just in the combine for mm-hmm. a really, really long time. Yep. Like a week would go by and I'd be like, okay, well next week I'll probably go visit some customers. And well, pretty soon you find out, well, everyone you kind of want to visit is either trucking their grain, they're in the combine and sure you can go visit with them. And if they would need something specific, we would, but just to kind of go out and cold call and say, Hey, mm-hmm. what do you need? I'm not going to do that right. during harvest. No. Um, they, they don't want to see us just as much as, you know, we, yeah. we don't want to see them at that time. We know they're busy. Yeah. So, um, you know, that that is, it is amazing. I mean, once harvest rolls, it's pretty, it slows down a mm-hmm. lot. But every day that it slows down, we know that it's, it's going to accelerate that much faster. And it really has mm-hmm. the last 10 days. Um, we had a huge flurry of Salford tools go. I mean, I think we did in the last week probably four new units five mm-hmm. new units maybe yeah so sure. at least four maybe more than that and uh so it's been good um yeah we're we're busy as ever now heck we're 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 probably three weeks deep in the shop right now oh Just yeah between building salfords installing balmars um and then some stock salfords uh we got a lot of work to do got a couple of tender trailers i've got a tender trailer in there right now that's heading up to michigan that's almost done yep uh, i'm just waiting on some brackets and uh, yeah hose reel and stuff like that for it but 
that thing turned out pretty slick. Yeah. So and yeah, then, uh, I did a YouTube video on that thing too. Yep. And then we got a we've got another one that we actually uh, we we basically bought the trailer. What 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 kind of trailer is Neville? That? Yeah, it's a Neville trailer, and then we threw some Enduroplast tanks on it, and then uh, your dad sold it to a guy here locally, and uh, we're gonna plumb that thing up and get that thing ready to roll. So those yep. things those things have been been pretty good for us oh yeah as far as trailers go yeah well it's the the efficiency thing the value to the farmer mm-hmm. i mean anytime you can save time and maximize efficiency it, it's a it's a game changer for someone's farm for sure and that's what those trailers do <laughs> mm-hmm. um they're slick you set them up right and i'm telling you they can save you so much mm-hmm. time it's unbelievable and so it takes spraying or side dressing and just it makes it so easy mm-hmm. so fast it takes a three week deal and and cuts it in half. Yeah, pretty easy. for sure, for sure. Um, I I I do want to say you know we we talk about harvest being over with. Uh, I mean there there's still some crops out there yet that guys are still yeah. harvesting. Uh, oh yeah. I know your dad talked to a guy today. He's still got a thousand acres of corn left to go. That's up north in Michigan. Um, I'm trying to think of exactly where that's at. Um. I want to say it's like in between like Sturgis and uh, uh, Kalamazoo. Yeah, I believe is where it's at. Yeah, up that but, way. Uh, but there's, uh, yeah, there's, uh, yeah, there's still some corn out there, mm-hmm. no doubt. I mean, you in our can't. area overall, it's pretty well done. Yeah, manures hauled and and stalks are broke down. Mm-hmm. You get out west into Indiana a little bit, a little further south. There's still some corn out there, but think it's just guys just waiting on the dryer and waiting yep. on when they can take it in and all that good jazz so before we get off of the fall harvest topic how many vrts you think we've retailed since september you know i have a lot of guys say well you know this is kind of a newer tool and i'm a little leery because it's it's new it's going to be three years old in february mm-hmm. and you know well have you sold any just this fall since september uh, i i bet it's close to I'd say at least 10, probably 10 to 15. Yeah, I'd say it's closer to 15. Yeah, Mm -hmm. just real quick, I think I can think of six that I sold. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I sold two, two, I think. Hunter sold two. Seth sold one or two, I think. Yeah, Yeah, that puts us around 12. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was the retention rate on those things. You go demo a VRT. And you're going up against a John Deere mm-hmm. or a Krauss or a Great Plains, man. It's it's fun. Mm-hmm. And I've I've went head to head with a lot of tools and and it's not very often that I can confidently say, Hey, can you go hook up to your X tool and bring it out here and we'll run them yeah. side by side? I mean that that that's saying a lot. We did and, a lot of that this year. Oh man, and I'm <laughs> telling you, um, we put that thing to the test. And another thing that we'll get on here in a second is just the amount of residue we had to fight through. But the, you know, we we ran, you and I both physically watched a Krauss 8010 mm-hmm. or a John Deere 2660 mm-hmm. or a 2680 mm-hmm. and maybe even a Terramax run side by side with mm. the VRT. Yep. And it was... It was almost comical. Yeah, I mean, you know, the object of a lot of guys' 
you know, operation was to be able to stale seed bed into that and bury some residue. Well, with the amount of residue that we had, that VRT was the only tool that incorporated any residue. Everything else just skated on top. Oh, I mean, skate is the big word, you mm-hmm. know, because, you know, you got to run those tools, but you have to be able to pin those stalks down. Right. Because you run over that and start breaking some stalks loose and you're just going to have a lot of stuff blowing around and mm-hmm. that anymore that that's topic number one or two yeah. when you're talking to a guy mm-hmm. about fall tillage he's like i want something that's aggressive enough to pin the stalks down but i want to be able for it to mellow out mm-hmm. and, and if i have to make a light pass in spring sure yep but overall i want it to be kind of stale seed bed ish mm-hmm. and uh man there was a couple times that we would run a green tool or an orange tool over it and it was like man it you almost couldn't even tell that it had ran no and i think it's just because those and and we're not i'm not picking on any tool or or anything like that but i think it needs to be known um you know guys want to know that i want what's best for for the farmer Mm -hmm. and, and if i'm running tools side by side and and i did a video on it and showed the side by side comparisons um and I just showed them. I just said, hey, you know, this we dug here, and this is what we're finding here. This is what we're finding here. Mm-hmm. You make the conclusion for you what works on your farm, mm-hmm. but this is what I'm seeing. Right. And uh, so, yeah, it, it's it's a tool. It's making its presence known. That's for dang sure. Yeah. And I, I can't. I had a lot of deals where I'd sell one to a guy, and then his neighbor would buy one. Yeah. And then his neighbor would buy one. Mm-hmm. And then their neighbor would buy one because it's it's a tool that. that literally like wildfire because it just spreads so we're excited about it but we we talk about that tool a lot so i don't want to get on it too much but this heavy residue um i think it it was you know that stalk was just still such so alive mm-hmm. it was still green there was moisture coming out of it the corn the corn was yeah. wet mm-hmm. and man there was like five inches of stuff five inch mat yeah of residue yeah i mean the majority of the stuff that we were working through i mean we were cutting through you know four or five inches of residue in order to get down to dirt and we were like we would set a tool and we're like all right we make a pass and we're like i didn't even do anything right yeah it was it was nasty and i did a video just over the weekend or late last week about steps that i seen so when we were demoing the VRTs, we got the, that's another thing where you said you, we had fun doing demos. This is another thing that I enjoy. You get to see all the different ways that guys manage the residue. Mm-hmm. So we ran into guys who did no, you know, nothing with their corn head. Mm-hmm. We did, we had guys who had aggressive stalk rolls and devastators. Mm-hmm. And it is amazing the difference, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on guys who had aggressive stalk rolls yeah. like the calmers and then we're also run the devastator mm-hmm. night and day oh absolutely i mean the the residue is just so much easier to work through um having common rollers and and the devastators i mean that stock was broken yeah you know cracked it had a chance to dry out a little bit quicker than what the rest of it did and i mean you could tell getting onto a guy's farm real quick if, oh yeah what he had, uh, even if he just had a devastator. I mean, yeah. I think those two play a good hand in each other. I mean, they pat each other on the back yeah. for sure. Yeah, I would definitely agree. But uh, yeah, that's 
that's a lot of what we had happen mm -hmm. this fall. You know, a lot of cool projects going on. The shop is is humming, and uh, we're glad that the floor heat works in there. That's yeah. for sure. Yep, <laughs> the floor heat and the overhead crane. Yeah, last week that was a little little chilly at the beginning of the week, but mm -hmm. it was still it was a uh, it was quite the it was still pretty cold. Yeah, but we also don't live in Minnesota, so I'm thankful for that. Too. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I looked at the 14-day the forecast, and it's 40s and 50s. Yeah, through, super odd. Through the 18th of mm -hmm. December, which, if you remember last year, our big cold snap was right there around Christmas time. Yep. When it was like negative 30. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We had a, a semi-truck driver show up wearing, was he was he wearing shorts, or was uh, it just sweatpants? It was just sweatpants and tennis shoes. Sweatpants and tennis shoes. Yep. It was literally negative 30, mm -hmm. wind chill. Yep. And he got out of the semi-truck wearing that. I'm like, what are you doing? Well, not only that, he also had a blown tire. A blown tire that was literally just sliding on the ice on the yeah. road. And yeah, he had no idea. Well, we told him. Yeah. And he, he contemplated on what to do. <laughs> and we were like, man, we don't really have the tools to, to get that done. Like, we could take the tire off. But right. Like, once that's done, we, yeah, can't, we really, can't really do much. And... um. We told him about it. He sat in his truck and thought about it for a while, and he ended up just leaving, and he drove to Michigan. Yep. He fired. Yep. Dragging, dragging a tire, mm -hmm. a flat tire. Yep. He just said, screw it. I'm going. Mm -hmm. And uh, that that was crazy. It was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that's all we talked about for a week. Oh, man. It was great. But, oh, yeah, I won't forget that. But that, mm -hmm. that was my favorite part of the cold snap was mm -hmm. that truck driver. He brought a load of BBI spreaders. Yeah. And we had to. We unloaded them that in day. The cold, in yeah. the cold. I remember his binders were all froze up and oh, everything. Yeah. He'd just take his bar and whack them. And the ice just would fall off. Shatter. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That was frigid. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Um, so, your Magnum bar that we talked about that you sold, that thing headed to Iowa. Yes, it did. 60-foot three-point. Yep. That's last a big, week. That's a big project we had going on. Yeah, that was, uh, I, I wish it didn't take as long as what it did, but, you know, a big project like that, there's always going to be that one, that one or two piece thing that you don't have. And well, you never know that you need it until you get to that point. Exactly. Those exactly. little hidden things that you can't think about. Exactly. And, but, uh, no, it was, uh, yeah, we got her put together and. We put her on the truck, I think they're Tuesday, and he got it Thursday, so. Yep, headed to Iowa. Yep. 60-foot, 23-row Magnum. Mm hmm And uh, I'm getting ready to send one tomorrow, used one, to Kansas. Yep. Um, yep. Get her 10,000 Magnum. Mm -hmm. He was running a John Deere 2510H and kept breaking the blades or something like that. Breaking really? the hubs, breaking the blades. Hmm. And uh, he called, and we're sending him a 17-row. So Magnums have been pretty good lately, which, yeah. you know, in in, in a – area where anhydrous is kind of taking a dive mm -hmm. it's uh that's good yeah. yeah overall you know strip till was pretty hot this fall we got Dwayne's bar up and running that, yep that ag guru bar yep remember we did a podcast with bill preller yes bill came out helped mm -hmm. us get that ag guru bar going and man mm -hmm. i have more faith in that bar you know and, and unit than i have ever had well, I mean, Dwayne, Dwayne put her to the test oh, going yeah. corn on corn strips. Well, I mean, basically what, what this grower does, he, he's, uh, 
he was making strip in a, strips in his corn to plant his uh, twin row beans in because yes. he does twin row beans. And then he also run, so he runs all of his ground in strip till is what he does. So putting that row unit to the test with the amount of residue that we had and how well he got along, I was honestly really, really impressed with that unit. Yeah, it did good. Mm -hmm. It did real good. Yeah. So we got that project done. Um, We're working on some more. Um, I think me and maybe Brent are going to head to Florida uh, in in the next couple weeks. Yeah. And we're going to install a Valmar cover crop seeder Mm -hmm. um, on a sunflower tool. Uh, I went down to Florida probably three, four years ago and installed a cedar at a big dairy, Alliance Dairy, on a Case 330. And their neighbor, White Oak Dairy, called and said, hey, I see Alliance over there, and I talked to them, and and, uh, we want you to come down and install one on our tool. And I said, heck yeah. Mm -hmm. The best part is when I went there four years ago, it was in in July, and it was so blazing hot. It was horrible. (laughs) We worked all night. It was still over 100 degrees, and you'd, you'd get out of the truck, and literally you struggled to breathe. It, the air was so thick, and mm-hmm. even at night. And, uh, well, we're going here in the next couple of weeks. It'll be mild. It'll be 50s and 60s. Yeah. It'll be great. So, yeah, that'd be all right. Yep. I always wondered why they raised cattle, dairy specifically in, in Florida, but it's just because of the water availability. Their water table's so shallow that – you just drill a well everywhere you need water. Mm-hmm. They got pivots everywhere, and, um, you know, 20 feet down, you've got water. Mm-hmm. So they just run misters on all the cattle. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you think about cattle, your most important nutrient is water. And then you think about they can run uh, under pivots. They can grow two, two crops of corn a mm-hmm. year, two good good crops, not like one and a half, mm-hmm. two good ones under pivots. And uh, so feed availability is extremely high. So, yeah, it's it's a totally different world. I never would have dreamed. We're going like right in between, oh, draw a line between Jacksonville and uh, Tallahassee. No, what's the white sand beach up on the? Oh, Panama. No, yeah, Panama, I guess. But there's another one. Oh, it like, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking anyway, about. Anyway, like draw, golf shores or something like no, that. No, draw a line between like jacksonville and panama city and that's kind of where we're going Mm -hmm. so it's down in there just a little bit but so yeah we're getting ready to do that um got some tender trailers going so yeah it's been good we're gonna we kind of hit the road again there last week catching customers um so that's been good we've Mm -hmm. i don't know in the last couple weeks i've probably made 60 to 80 stops i would say you know going out on the road six six eight times seeing you know 10 guys a stop or a day we had a nice thanksgiving meal in here yeah the other day the wednesday before thanksgiving that was great the uh, Mm -hmm. local bowling alley catered that that was that was nice yeah yeah we had turkey mashed potatoes corn yep uh, noodles chicken and noodles uh, everything it was it was very good yeah it was Mm -hmm. and but then we had to try and work after that yeah that was tough. Had they go, had pie. Yeah, had to go hide from your dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, trucking's been good. Greppel went out and he bought a new semi. Yeah. He. Uh, well, it it would be nice. You know, there've been many times where we needed to, and and of course, Greppel took on the task of finding a new tractor, and uh, he found. I haven't seen it yet, but I hear it's black, jet black. 
You mean semi? Yeah. Tractor? They, it's a semi tractor. That's what they call oh, them. Yeah, I know. I you were asking me the other That's day. That's why too. I was wondering. Why. It's the semi tractor, tractor trailer. I see. Yeah, like he didn't go buy a tractor. I, I mean, was like, gonna, he, I, not like a field <laughs> tractor. It's a right. semi tractor. Gotcha. Yep. I see. I see. Yeah, that's why I was confused. Yeah, he bought a tractor. I see. Yep. I see. So, um, it's black. It's it's got the tandem axle, but yeah, there's many times where because we've got a detached trailer and a hitch that slides into the gooseneck, a a retriever hitch, and it would be nice to have two, so you don't always have to swap. In fact, that's what they're out there doing right now. Yeah. Grandpa just got back, and they're taking the hitch off and putting on putting mm-hmm. the trailer on so yep so yeah that's that's what we've been up to um cody i know you're just salivating just salivating over there to get into the hunting side <laughs> of this podcast <laughs> just just dying i can i can i can see it what do you mean i can see it you're like all right enough of this equipment talk we yeah need to, i we mean need to talk uh, about hunting i mean they don't want it to hear us talk about equipment they want to hear us talk <laughs> about deer hunting i mean that's uh, just what it is man you know so but uh no we've well what do you I, want to talk about first i don't know i i don't know we've had a lot of hunting adventures so uh ohio's gun season was last week mm-hmm. all week yep. and uh it was good it was so mm-hmm. frigid there the first couple of days yep um yep got yeah. uh yeah we it was successful for sure um i uh i was man i was lucky enough to harvest the doe uh with my muzzleloader during gun season um she was about 110 yards and put a pretty good shot on her she ran about another 150 and just died right on the fence row and there's just something about shooting a muzzleloader i uh, yeah i don't know what it is but it's that's, primitive one of my favorite guns. Oh, it's as close as archery hunting, in mm-hmm. my opinion, as you can get with a gun. Yep. I love it. Yep. I one shot and Yep. It's I I feel like it's the most ethical. Yeah. One of the most ethical ways to harvest a an yeah. animal. Yeah, I mean it it puts it to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so yeah, that was the first what, Monday of gun season? Yeah. The first she day. was a horse. Yeah, she was big. Yeah. Big doe. Mm-hmm. Yep, I I heard you shoot, and uh, at that time when I heard you shoot, I didn't really know that you had the muzzleloader. Yeah, and so I only heard one shot. I was like, okay, you know, it should be pretty good. I had Luke and and Zayden with me, and um, we were like, yeah, that that sounded good. And uh, I I eventually texted you and asked you if you'd shot, and you just said yes, I did, and that that was it. And I was like, hmm. Either is that like a yes, I did, like I shot a deer, or yes, I did, like don't ask any more questions because I missed. <laughs> and uh, so whenever we walked up there, um, you were going through the field looking at blood. And so the boys got to help with the recovery. That was fun. Yep. Well, I had Lane with me too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Luke and Lane. Lane. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. Oh, yep. yeah. That, it, uh, you know, hunting is, uh, yeah, it's cool to, to, to shoot animals and stuff but if you're doing it by yourself it ain't even any Mm-mm. fun it no. ain't i mean it i used to deer hunt a lot by myself and shot a lot of deer it was fun i learned mm-hmm. a lot about hunting and deer and but man you know like when you shot that doe monday it was you me zayden and two of my boys mm-hmm. i mean they're nothing better you know they they There's were tracking the blood yep. we found the deer Oh man, we hung mm-hmm. it up. Yeah, they'll they'll remember that forever. Oh yeah, they don't sure. get any better than that. For sure. If you had to do that on your own, you'd be like, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, shot I'd, a deer. 
That, that's not why I do it. You're I right. do it because we have fun doing it together. And oh, that's, yeah. That's the only reason why I like to do it. I yep. mean, granted, would I go deer hunting by myself? I mean, yeah, I would. But Oh, yeah. And I still do right. quite a bit, but it's a lot more fun when mm-hmm. you've got other people with you. So Plus, you need help dragging. I mean. Well, yeah, because you don't shoot anything. That's right. I'm, I'm scoreless as yep. of right now, mm-hmm. which is rare, but. Yep. Hey, I love the late season. I'm waiting on some snow. This is true. And but, uh, uh, you, for it'll be good. What, well, I mean, you're only going to be able to hunt one day on those earlier seasons. So that, that's all I need. One yeah, evening. One geez, evening. Listen and, to you. Uh, we'll be on the board here. Listen to you. We'll be on yep. the board. Let's uh, let's talk about the other stuff though. The good stuff. The goat hunting man. The coyote hunting man. The goat hunting. Man, I know we talk a lot about how we like coyote hunting stuff. It, it's unbelievable. If you I, I if you never experienced, well, I think it boil. It starts. It starts with this. It starts with calling an animal, mm-hmm. like whether it's a deer, a coyote, a raccoon, a mm-hmm. fox, an elk, yeah. whatever it is, calling an animal and convincing it that it needs to come to you, and it. You know, and, and you are tricking that animal in its own natural habitat. Mm-hmm. That in itself is a is huge. It, it's a rush to know that you're taking an animal that survives in the wild on its own, yep. hunts for its food, and you're tricking that animal. I mean, that that's the ultimate, mm-hmm. right? So just to do that. So, but if you've never then done it at night with thermals and a call, man, it is. It is unbelievable. My heart's starting to the, increase in rate just talking about it. The, it, it, I don't know what it is, but the 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 whole concept of you're the predator hunting the predator for me is what it's all about. Yeah, like I I love that. Like there's like and you're able to just see them kind of hop through the field too, and you're watching. Them well, and, and not only that, we love to deer hunt. Oh, and, yeah. and, and guess who loves deer? Yeah. The coyotes. Mr. Yoke. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, so so it, it's cool because we, yeah. we coyote hunt where we deer hunt. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, it's a it's a win-win. Yeah. And uh, it, it it was crazy. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Let's talk about that night. It was probably, it was, it was a little over a week ago because it was on a Friday. Yeah. It, it was, was the day after Thanksgiving. Yep. Yep, we uh, we decided went uh, go down. We talked about going down there and deer hunting. We were like, ah, we'll we'll just we won't go down there and deer hunt. We'll just go down there and coyote hunt. The original plan was to deer hunt that morning, but uh, we'll we'll get into that here in a little bit. But uh, <laughs> the morning after coyote, the, hunting. the morning after coyote right, hunting. But right. we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but no, we started out uh, we. Like Adam said, we deer hunt down in Columbus, and uh, so that's that's where we went, and we called the first one in. Um, we were probably maybe a half hour into the first one, and seen him, seen him coming, and I shot him, and he did the death twirl and laid down, and <clears throat> ended up shooting him again because he got back up and shot him again, and we we never. We never did end up finding them, but that, that's definitely a dead dog for yeah. sure. And then uh, 
so we were there and we probably messed around a little bit longer than what we should have. And then we went to another spot and within the, we, we get set up and everything and we set the call up and I'm on the gun and we fire up the call and we get one that calls back to us that we literally just walked by instantly response In, instantly. I mean, we're, we're, we're talking within two, not seconds. even two. Yeah. Two, three seconds and responds with a howl that, yep. that just, just makes the hair on, mm-hmm. on the back of your neck stand up. And you and I just look at each other and we're like, dude, that thing's within 125, 150 yards of us. The biggest thing was, is I just didn't know what to do. Right. We were just sitting there. We're like, we what? were kind of pinned. Yeah. Like when that happens, you're kind of pinned. Like mm-hmm. there's not much you can do because you don't want to go back into calls because yep. You're so close. Right. And you you almost can't do anything because there was a standing cornfield between the yeah. two of us. Yep. So what that means is we cannot see that dog mm-hmm. with our thermals. No. So that means the only way for us to see that dog through thermals is it has to come through the cornfield and stand in the cut bean field that we're in. Yep. Well, we're right on the edge. Mm-hmm. So as soon as that dog comes out, we probably won't even get a shot. Right. Right, which is what ended up happening. Exactly what but, happened. But uh, so he, like Adam said, he responded back to us, and we're, I'm like, dude, there's something in the corn. And yeah, we could hear something. Yeah, running. it was like running through the corn. Adam thought it was a deer, and I'm like, dude, that thing is about ready to eat us. And it popped right out of the corn and seen us right away, and it was probably what maybe 15 yards. Yeah from us that was that was pretty cool but uh and it was the coyote it it, what happened was we started off we always start off the stands with a howl Mm -hmm. and and what you're doing with that is you're looking for a response and that's what happened well they're territorial Mm -hmm. and so they heard an unfamiliar howl and so what happened was that coyote just said hey you're in my bedroom you just howled i'm coming and we're going to duke this out right mm-hmm. now. And so that coyote charged the call. Yeah. And came running through that cornfield 100 yards. We could hear it. Mm-hmm. Here it comes closer and closer. And we're like, well, I thought it was a deer. And here it comes. Popped out. And boom, it was gone as fast as it came because it yeah, it was it was too close. Well, the the moon was full that night. So we seen it come out of the corn. Yeah. And without it saw the thermal. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that one kind of ran away, and Adam and I were kind of looking at each other, and we're like, ha, ah, should we keep calling? And I'm like, yeah, we know there's more here. So we kept calling, and uh, a pair of them came out after that. And uh, they came out, and they were working their way to get downwind of us, and I ended up popping one in the chest and dropping it right there at about 150. And uh was messing around, waiting on the other one, and... The other one knew something was up. Yeah, the it other winded one, us. Yeah, the other one either winded us or something along those lines. And but uh, no, we were successful there. We we should have ended up killing about five of them. But well, we, we called in a total of eight that night. Yeah, we eight got, coyotes. We got burnt on one. We got burnt on a few. I mean, yeah. those things. It the the thing is, you don't know where they're going to come from. Yeah, and so chances are they're going to come downwind. Mm-hmm. They're going to come from the downwind side. Well, when you're scanning and all of a sudden, boom, you see a coyote and they're on the downwind side, 
you've got about five seconds before that coyote either sees you, hears you, or just doesn't feel right about the situation. So it's kind of a timing thing. You know, you can't just sit there and say, well, we'll just kind of wait for it to get closer. Well, their nose is so incredible. I mean, they're dogs Mm -hmm. and it's night. So they, they can't see they're, they're using their nose to see. So Mm -hmm. they're, they're going to wind you. Yep. They're going to wind you extremely quick you know, very fast. Mm -hmm. So you see one guarantee you he's circling downwind and the clock's ticking. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we called in a few that, well, as as we got through, through the night, it started to get to AM, 3 AM, 4 AM. We're kind of tired. We're like, well, let's just set up here. Well, you know, we should not have set up there because as soon as a coyote comes out, it's going to wind us instantly. Yep. And that happened a couple of times. So, you know, we called in a couple pairs and called in a total of eight, killed yep. three. That mm-hmm. that ain't bad for yep. for a couple rookies and only one gun too. Yeah, like you know, it, if we had a, another guy on on stand with a gun, that would be helpful. Mm-hmm. But I run the call and uh, go through the calling sequence, and then I'm a spotter. And Cody's also scanning with mm-hmm. his gun too, and he's got his his gun on a tripod. And so I'll be like, oh, Cody, right over here to the left. And he'll, he'll, you know, swing over. And, uh, and we got all of them on video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Thermal that records. So. Yep. So, yeah, we actually went through like four or five different locations. And then we stayed at an Airbnb that night. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, well, let's go back to our very first stand. Because, heck, it had been five hours since we yeah. had called it. So we go back there to where we killed that first dog and, and called in two. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just tells you how much them coyotes move at night. Well, by the time we got back to our Airbnb and in bed, it was after 5 a.m. <laughs> um, so we did not deer hunt that morning. No. Um, we actually talked about staying up all night and then just going out and sitting in the deer stand. And I'm like, I'm glad we didn't. We've got Thanksgiving today. We're going to get yelled at. Yeah. So we, we were just more worried about getting yelled at by our wives. Yeah. And what so we we're. We just slept in till about eight thirty, and we headed for home because we had Thanksgiving at noon, and uh, so, yep. so yeah, it was a good time, man. Yeah. Right? I, I enjoy, you know, we we obviously work hard at what we do, uh, selling equipment and helping farmers, but man, when that sun goes down, it's game on on some dogs. It just works out for us because both of us have kids, and it's like, all right, the kids are in bed, uh-huh. so is the wife. Uh-huh. All right, we're let's go. We're we're rolling. Yeah, it works out well until we get out to like two a.m. Yeah, and then it's like, what are we doing? Yeah, and then you wake up the next day and it's like we look at each other and we're like, I'm a little tired. And you're yeah, like, yeah, me too. Yep, but no, that's fun. It's a blast actually. So if you ever have a chance to to watch a coyote come running into your call, man, it it don't get any better than that. So we, we I I will say we've. We've got a total of what? We've killed uh, six now? Yeah. Six of them now. Five of them have been at night and one of them in the daytime. Yep. We, uh, yeah. We so. need to add a fox to our lineup this year. <laughs> that is going to happen. Yep. Fox. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Get us a nice red fox. Yep. Yeah. So. It'll be good. It'll be good. It'll be a lot of fun. Yep. Well. Creeping um, up on 40 minutes. Yep. I'd say, uh, you know, I appreciate everyone uh, listening. It, it, this is something that we, that we need to do more often. I, mm-hmm. I listen to some podcasts myself, and I know when they release, uh, you know, episodes. 
We need to get on on a rhythm. Get yeah, these, we need kind of like a schedule or something. Get these listeners like, some more. But we just need to record, you know, get Worley on the horn, get Bill Preller back in here, Dave Gonkleman, and, yep. and Lee. And we need to we need to work on trying to get some some other guys yeah. in the industry maybe. Yep, yep, there's plenty of them. So, yeah, that's what we're, we're doing. That's what we've been doing. Um, things are rolling. I think the month of January is going to be on fire in the equipment sales world. I think the end of the year is going to be average. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think January is going to be where it's at. And uh, we'll see. You know, wheat was up big today. Wheat's up over uh, 620 on the board today. Um, so, you know, that's good. And uh, so, yeah, think things are rolling. We've got some used equipment to sell. Um, but, you know, it's a lot of good tillage pieces, and, and uh, I think it'll sell sell just fine. Yeah. we got a lot of applicators coming. Mm-hmm. We've got some applicators sold, a lot of Y-drop bars sold. Yeah. So, so yeah, I know you guys are pricing out some Deutsch tractors right now. You and Dad are each pricing one. Yeah. So um, those yeah. are rolling. Pricing out a couple of them. So, yeah, we, we're... The Deutz thing is is really coming along. I, I tell you what, it takes so much time. The everything <clears throat> for everything to to roll and get good, it takes time. Yep. And, we, and and I tell you what, the more and more you get in those things, and the more you familiarize yourself with them, it it's they're elite. Yeah, they are. I mean, you put you put them up against all of them. I mean, they're yep. they're just as good as what everyone every other color is yep. i mean yeah everybody's got their own little bells and whistles that are a little bit different and Deutz does have that but comparing them across the board i mean they're they're just as elite as what everyone else is yeah they're a good tractor mm-hmm. so but yeah you know you pick up a new line it takes so long to get familiar with it to learn how to sell it to to learn parts lookups and, yeah. and it it it's going to take a long time mm-hmm. you know it took us eight years to to be pretty solid at Salford yeah. and it's going to take us just as long to be good as at Deutz. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's a long-term deal. I don't care what happens on year one through five. Right. You know, I mean, just, just keep plugging away and uh, you know, cause it, it's a long game. Yeah. I mean, you really think about it. We're not even six months into it. Yeah. I mean, and yeah. And if one of these two tractors falls, that'll be number four. Right. So mm-hmm. that's good. Yep. We're going to keep rolling with them for sure. But for sure. All right. Well, guys, yeah. thanks for tuning in. And uh, we'll have another podcast coming up for you shortly. Yeah. And, yeah. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Yep. Thanks see you a guys. lot. Thanks.